Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Freedom uh, here on Lions of Liberty. And before we get into today's show, I want to tell you guys about I Trust Capital. It's the number one crypto IRA platform in the United States. Um, you can self-trade cryptocurrency, physical gold and silver right in your retirement account. Now you get the the tax advantages of a traditional IRA. You get them while trading crypto and physical gold and silver. Um, as an iTrust client, um, you're going to be able to log into your account and self-trade 24-7. Transactions are executed in real time and settle in seconds. They offer more than 25 crypto assets and they're growing. Um, they have transparent pricing. They have the lowest and most transparent costs in the industry by far. And they post the freeze right up front so you can see them. iTrust is secure. They use Coinbase custody and Curve to secure uh, your assets. iTrust also has over 1,500 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Trustpilot. Now, here's the kicker, guys. Special offer here. All you got to do is visit itrust.capital slash lions and sign up today, open an account, move money from an existing 401k, whatever you got to do, and you're going to get $100 of Bitcoin when you fund your account. Go to itrust.capital slash lions to sign up today. We are born free, and we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Right, so we are live, live with Etienne de la Woiti. I think I'm saying that correctly. We just talked about that pre-show. Hopefully, I nailed it. Um, so we're live here for our patrons. Obviously, if you're listening to the replay, if you're hearing the uh, the audio in our podcast, think about joining our uh, joining our pride, becoming a supporter, so you can watch and engage with these interviews live in our Facebook group or on our private uh, YouTube stream. Uh, Etienne is, uh, he's an organized crime researcher, educated, educated professional speaker, and he's the author. This is why he's here today, mainly to address this book, which is a very unique, um, very unique in layout, in, in the way it's presented um, from any book I've, I've ever seen before. So the book is called Government, The Biggest Scam in History Exposed. And uh, we're going to talk about that and we'll see where it takes us. Welcome to the show. Hi, good to be with you, John. Great to great to have you here. I have your book right here, and as you can see, people are watching the video. Um, it's different from a book, even just in the way it looks. You've kind of gone off the allowable, the index card of allowable books, and just the uh, the shape of the book. You don't see many books shaped like this, and obviously, when you start turning the pages, uh, you start to see why, because it's very visual format. Um, a lot of uh, meme type information. Uh, visual persuasion. So, want to talk about that pro probably a good amount. Get into the you know the meat of the book and why you wrote it. But before we do that, let's talk about your the name, the name that you're writing under. Um, what's what's your inspiration there? So it, it is a pen name in the original Etienne de la Boetie, 
I, I call myself Etienne de la Boite squared to distinguish myself from the original and to make sure you can find me in a search engine by putting the numeral two next to Boite. Uh, but uh, he was a French political philosopher. He wrote in the 16th century, and he was really one of the first that cataloged the little tricks and techniques that rulers used not just to get a get obedience but to get adoration and fealty and god save the queen and you know uh all like the little little you know tricks they would do to get the population to go along with getting robbed and so I, you, you, you mentioned that I'm uh, an organized crime researcher and so the my thesis in the book is that government uh, was never really intended to protect life, liberty, and property, but government is a, you can think of government as a technique of what I call intergenerational organized crime to rob and control populations. Uh, I, and it is always illegitimate because it's impossible to delegate rights that you don't have yourself uh, to a representative or to a government. Uh, you can't be bound by a social contract you didn't sign. And if the rest of the Lions and Liberty and myself vote to have John give us all of his money, well, that would be immoral and wrong. And it doesn't matter if there was six of us or, you know, 500 of us or 275 million of us. There's no additional magical person that makes something that was inherently immoral now moral. And so government has been the biggest scam in history. It has been the absolute positive biggest scam in history. And they get away with it uh, because they've been controlling the media and academia. And so the right now, the, the subtitle of the book is How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government and the Media. And the next version, which I'm working on right now, the fifth edition will be called how I'm changing up the subtitle, how intergenerational organized crime controls the government, the media and academia. And that really has been the name of the game. We're going to control the information that the population receives, whether it is from the mandatory government school where it's, we teach you that government government is legitimate and that you have to do uh, you know, you got to do whatever government says and you got to give them 50% of your income and overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation. And then they have bought off and hierarchically control academia through the mandatory government schools, the state universities, uh, accreditation, uh, textbook amalgamation. Uh, and they control the media and a lot of, you know, and, and what I do in the book is the book is designed for visual learners. Most people are visual learners. They come to insight, you know, much quicker if you show them an image or a visualization, uh, than they would if you just try to explain a concept. And so when I say, you know, intergenerational organized crime is controlling the media, we do a lot with media ownership charts and media organization charts so that you can see, that it's just, uh, you know, around on the old media side, about six companies running hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion there's all these information sources in society. And then on the new media side, there's about two to three dozen, you know, new media internet companies, uh, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit, Wikipedia, Discuss, that does comments on you know, thousands and thousands of, of websites, um, uh, Amazon, 
Netflix, etc. And I like to call these DARPA front companies where I, what I believe happened is, you know, certain companies, you know, like by the time they released the internet to the population, they'd already war game that they'd figured out which companies they needed to control to control information broadly, you know, not just in the United States, but in the world. And so we're going to overfund these companies. We're going to give them patent protection. We're going to, uh, you know, put their, you know, allow them to buy up their competition. We're going to put their competition out of business, whatever it is to ensure that we're able to control uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, perception widely by controlling the information the population receives, and these in all of those companies that I just mentioned, that's not hypothetical that they're censoring and controlling information. Every single one of those companies that I just mentioned has been caught censoring information, deplatforming uh, the uh, the alternative media, uh, demonetizing content creators, shadow this video. This video right here on YouTube demonetized. We no longer can monetize on YouTube. So it's yeah, it's very real. Right. It's it's 100% real. And so that's the name of the game. It's control of perception. Can we get the population to uh, to believe in their hearts that it's legit that government is legitimate, that you, you know, that you owe the government money? And then the other thing I break down, the final thing I break down in the book or one of the many things that I break down in the book is that government has uh, given the population the, the idea of government as a pseudo-religion. So they're using all the little tools and techniques of an unethically manipulative religion or cult. Okay, we're going to put you into the church school where the priest, the teacher is going to teach you the, uh, the common prayer of the Pledge of Allegiance and have you sing the hymns of the Star Spangled Banner and in, in eighth grade, we're going to take you to Mecca, Washington, D.C., where we're going to take you into the cathedral of the capital that looks like the Vatican. Uh, we're going to sh- you know, show you the pope, the president. Uh, we're going to take you down to the temples of you know, Jefferson and Lincoln and, and uh, show you the deities. And it's going to be very hushed and reverent. And then uh, uh, you know, uh, everything in the book is backed up. We've got these little uh, flash drives, and uh, it's a credit card size flash drive, and uh, either eight or sixteen gigabits of information. And we're going, and we back it up, and we've got some videos in there showing how that the how the uh, the government has been uh, with the media product placing the American flag into movies and television shows at the moment of high positive, you know, emotion, uh, using a technique, a propaganda technique known as anchoring, where they'll build the audience up to a moment of high positive emotion. And then boom, they're going to show you the flag. And then if you don't realize that they're doing that, then, you know, most Americans, they've got this warm and fuzzy to the flag and the idea of being American and they don't realize that they've been immersed in this kind of soup of propaganda and anchoring and, you know, unethically manipulative techniques. Yeah, yeah. And so until, you know, you realize how the game works, then you're always going to be a sucker for the game. And so what we're trying to do in the book is we're trying to show people how the magician does the trick so you can't get fooled by the trick. Yeah, we, with the uh, American flag. So even, yeah, for a sporting event. So they do the uh, the national anthem, mm-hmm. and you know I've never really thought about this before, but you know recently I've gone to a couple of football games, and 
you know, finally things are sort of returning to a little bit of, at least around sporting events, you have uh, you know, a little bit of normalcy, uh, people turning out. Um, but you, you look around and they, you're, I mean, when else would you sing a national anthem? Of course, it's going to be before a game. But I mean, th- I think the reason for that placement is it's, you know, you have two teams, two fan bases divided. They're coming together before the game. You're not going to sing it at halftime when the you know teams might be at each other uh, at each other's throat. And uh, it's that point of expectation when everyone is at their highest emotion right before kickoff or right before the first pitch. Um, so I, I definitely agree. There's a lot of manipulation there, of course. And I mean, you have your your fighter jets flying over over the stadium to to show the power of the state, tying in with that national anthem, tying in with the start of the game and the emotions. It's uh, it's it's all very very persuasive for sure. So this is a uh, it, I agree with you. It, it is a scam, and it's been a very effective scam. But I want to I want to turn back. Um, we'll come back to the book, but I'm curious because obviously you're pouring a lot of your time, a lot of your energy. Um, you're traveling around the country. You're going to uh, to Liberty events. You're, you're spreading the word of Liberty. You have this whole strategy, which we can get into later, about how you can use this book to convert people to Liberty and even take that next step and maybe start to you know form a, uh, a more of a libertarian society on a uh, on a local level. Um, how did you find these ideas? What got you interested in these ideas? What got you you know passionate enough about these ideas to to write this book? Oh, come on. It's always going to be Ron Paul. So, uh, of course. So, Ron, Ron Paul came to talk to my college, and I want to say 1988. I was a freshman, and uh, he had old, uh, old school Ron Paul. You're from old, the, the school old school Ron Paul. Man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, um, and so he, uh, I, I'm at the time I wasn't that political, but and I didn't even want to be there. I was supposed to be jet skiing with friends, and I, then I had to have these prepared questions, and I was like ticked, and I was going to throw hardballs at him just because he was. I was supposed to be jet skiing with friends that day, and. And so um, what I ended up doing is I'm like going, oh, my God, I've never, you know, I never heard a politician make so much sense before. And I'm, I literally walked out of the room going, oh, I guess I must be a libertarian. And so uh, so then, I, you know, through college, it was OK. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of discovered the ideas of liberty. Uh, I, uh, I worked at one of the big four think tanks, the libertarian one. And I went through kind of, I got to audit their intern program where they literally took the interns through the, you know, kind of the greatest hits of, uh, you know, the books and the, uh, philosophy and the writers of liberty and economics. And, uh, and I just developed a really deep love and passion for liberty and not just that, but I developed, you know, an understanding of the free market, the, you know, the mechanisms that, you know, I'm a voluntarist. We don't need government. I mean, so that's the other part of my book. It's kind of like the good news message of like, we do not need government. Every single thing the government does from roads to, you know, armed protective services, which they call the police to dispute resolution, which they call the courts to air traffic control. All of that can be done better, quicker, cheaper, faster by the free market. And if you just think of it that way, the government is this, you know, monopoly provider of services. Well, we just need to get rid, you know, get rid of it because it has been, you know, it has been hijacked by organized crime. When I say intergenerational organized crime, I take it all the way back to monarchy. And so I kind of look at monarchy as the original organized crime. You know, you're going to give us your money or we're going to hurt you. And so the, you know, that they had, you know, because they were the moneyed interest of the time, they had the best 
cultural anthropologists and futurists, and they came up with these like little techniques and things. And, you know, and, and when the original Etienne de, de la Boiti was writing about these in the 16th century, he was writing about techniques that were in some cases already a thousand plus years old. And so there's like a playbook to slaving up a society. And we break down that playbook in the first part of the book, 20 plus techniques. And we show what that technique looked like, not just in the United States, but in Nazi Germany, in the Soviet Union and in East Germany, so that when you lay them right next to each other visually, people can go, oh my God, that's a playbook. We're, the United States is using the exact same techniques as Nazi Germany and and the Soviet Union, and you really don't realize it until you realize, you know, through pattern rep- repetition and visualization, making what was invisible visible, that it is that it is a playbook, that these all of these media companies are connected together, they're all in on it, and if you're stealing trillions of dollars, I used to work on Wall Street, uh, the couple hundred billion a year that you spend to uh, control the media, well, that might as well be free. And wall and on Wall Street, that's known as mice nuts. Uh, you know, it is mice like nuts. if you're ste- yeah, if you're stealing trillions, then you know the 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 couple hundred billion you, sp- you spend to control the media, that's the marketing budget. That's yeah, the, you know, it's a rounding error. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a rounding error. And most people, they can't get their, their mind around these, the size of, of the amount of money that is being stolen out of Washington, DC. I mean, we're handing trillions of dollars to private banks, private companies through the TARP and the TALF and the bailout back in 2008. Now we're doing it. Private, the, private in quotes. Right, so. right. But we're, we're, we're handing, you know, now we're doing the same thing. We, you know, we think the, the, the COVID was the manufactured engineered reason for this, this, this current round of bailouts and stimulus where the people get the, the, these chicken feed $1,600 STEMI checks, but the banks and these cartel companies, they're getting trillions with a T trillions with a T we are being robbed. This is a bank robbery. And then they get away with it. Like I said, cause they're, cause they're controlling top down hierarchically, uh, the media and academia and media and academia are going along with it saying it's legitimate because they're paid to cause they paid mm-hmm. them to. And so now what we're at, you know, really right now is we're at this, uh, we're at this point where, how, you know, let's say roughly half the population has figured out that the television and the media is lying to them and half the population hasn't. And so now you can just, you can almost tell who's who because they're not wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to get your opinion. You know, you've done so much research into this. How much do you think in the past, you know, decade or but especially accelerated with COVID, do you think that the this uh, this model, this uh, this this scam, has sort of morphed, maybe to add another um, another leg to it, another tentacle in these uh, in these you know private cartels? Um, if you look at companies like you know, Pfizer you know, and what they're doing with the with the vaccines, and you've talked about the banks and. Facebook, even these large social Google, these large uh, tech companies um, having, you know, using their, their censorship and they're sort of arms of the state um, masquerading as, as private uh, entities. Um, 
when did that shift really start to happen? Is that something that, that you get to in the book? Uh, well, k- kind of. And so, I mean, what you've got is, I would argue, it's not necessarily an arm of the state. I would argue that the state is an arm of intergenerational organized crime. So we're, we're the family business, the, you know, the, you know, going back centuries is we rob societies using government, gubernari mente, gubernari to governor control, mente the mind, mind control. And that mind control starts with controlling the information that the population receives so that they believe it's legitimate that they're getting robbed. And then uh, they have built up around that, you know, around the government model, they have built up uh, cartel companies. They're operating together as a cartel so as an example, when they, you know, on the, on the media side, when they censored the, the alternative media in, uh, I think, September of 2018, you know, uh, when, they, when Facebook kicked off, you know, 290 people off the platform, 500 plus groups, uh, when they, you know, when they kicked off um, uh, the Free Thought Project, it wasn't just Facebook, you know, kicking them off. It was they got a strike on their YouTube channel and they got kicked off of Twitter mm-hmm. the same day. And so these are, these are, this is a cartel of companies, okay, that are operating together as a cartel to censor information on the DARPA internet. And that's one example on the media side, but you've got the military industrial complex, you've got big pharma, you've got big ag, and these are companies that are using government to transfer trillions of dollars in the case of the military industrial complex we're buying you know weapon you know over crazily overpriced weapon systems to fight manufactured enemies in wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence in big ag you've got you know ethanol subsidies for cargill and amd and and you know and kind of big agriculture in uh, big pharma, you've got mandatory aluminum and mercury-laced vaccines, now graphene oxide-laced vaccines. So, so we're going, you know, every time that you can lobby and bribe the CDC to get a vaccine added to the childhood immunization schedule, that's a billion dollars. That's a billion dollars. And like, what do you think it costs to buy off the CDC and people are just naive to not understand what is going on here with this, with, you know, this is, this is a wholesale robbery, uh, for the banks, the banks, uh, they, they're allowed to engage in something called fractional reserve banking. And so the scam of fractional reserve banking is when you go to a bank and you go to get a mortgage or you go to get a car loan, they're not loaning you deposit or money. They just whee, tickle the ivories and boom, credit your account with digital dollars, even though that's inflationary and even though that's stealing the value out of everybody else's money, they just create the money out of thin air. And then you spend the rest of your life paying off a mortgage uh, that somebody got to create out of thin air. And, and so, in, in, you know, not only is that unfair, I mean, I, I have a business. I don't get to create money out of thin air. Do you get to create money out of thin air? But it's inflationary. Not. It's inflationary. And so now... You know, you're seeing the prices, you know, skyrocket as 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 these trillions of dollars that they just created out of thin, thin air for the stimulus and the bailout. So as these trillions of dollars begin to compete in the market for a, uh, a, 
a scant amount of goods and services, you begin to see prices get bid up by this you know, tsunami of money. And so they're stealing the value out of the money in the population's pocket the same way as, as they stuck their hand in your pocket and stole it. They're just doing it in this kind of sneaky you know, way that most people don't, uh, don't understand, but we explain in the book and we make it easy for your friends and your family and your neighbors to understand it. The book is the book. I, I understand that you've got a very sophisticated audience. I didn't write the book for your audience. I know they already know all of this stuff. Uh, I wrote it for your, for their friends, their family and their colleagues. And so the book is really designed. How do you take somebody from zero to 60 and get them to understand the way the system works in the shortest amount of time in a book that once they pick it up, you know, you're hooked. You're like, what is going on in this book? Mm -hmm. I like, you cannot quit flipping through the pages and every page you go to, you're going to learn, they're going to learn something and they're going to get hooked. And so we're waking people up, you know, left and right. I got an email today from, from somebody that said they threw away their American flag. Like they realize that that's the chumping. The chumping is yeah. the like the chumping is we've given the population this artificially indoctrinated holy symbol that the media is weaving into the propaganda and that we you know you you know we gave to them as children before they were old enough to understand the illogic and immorality of government and everything like that. And then once you realize how how the population has been chumped, you're like. Phew, forget that. I'm done. I can't believe they got me. And they got me too. I'm not like they had me for decades until yeah. somebody explained to me the way the big game worked. And then once you understand how the big game works, you don't get fooled again. And so it is a revolution that's only going in one direction because like once you realize that it's just a scam and that they're running all, they're literally running game on you. They're using religious symbolism and their propaganda. They're just completely chumping the population. Nobody goes back to being a chump. And once you realize that there's a man behind the curtain in the media and oh yeah, they can sell 9-11 on every channel. They can sell the COVID on every channel like soap flakes well, then, you know, you know not to trust the media and then you would go and, you know, begin searching for the uh, developing voices of the alternative media. And we have some of those in the book. So we're you know, trying to point people in the right direction to, you know, to get them off the media. But like once you realize, oh, it's that CNN and Fox News are in on it together and it's, you know, that and they're both promoting statism. They're both using the real, you know, the symbolism of the 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 Vatican, I mean the Capitol building or the flag or the whatever, they're just waving it around to, you know, to lead the religiously faithful around by the nose. You're like, I'm out, you know, I'm mm -hmm. out. So like it's, so it's a revolution that's only going one direction. I think that's why they're locking us down is because I think that this is this, the knowledge of how the game works, the illegitimacy of government. And even if you're not, you know, 100% sold on the, the illegitimacy of government. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of minarchists within the libertarian community. Uh, you know, everybody knows that Washington, D.C. is crooked and criminal and is bought and paid for. And like, so, so the criminality of government is now, you know, in the information age is now kind of being, uh, being laid out for all to see 
uh, you know, around the world. And so like, I, like, I, I, I think that might be why they're moving forward with these lockdowns and this COVID scam is people are waking up very, very rapidly to the scam of government. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with you. And one thing that, you know, one, you, you were speaking to uh, the listeners of, of our audience here at Lines of Liberty, you know, a lot of the stuff in the book, um, they they already know, but the way it's presented, um, I think is not only valuable for you to, uh, to give to another person to read it, but also to learn how to present information. Um, even if it's not, even if you're not carrying the book with you, you know, talking about, we're talking about the education system, uh, the schooling system and how you're comparing in the book, you're comparing, uh, Nazi Germany, the Soviet Union, the United States and East Germany to each other, showing how the schooling model all have, you know, themes that are the same, um, that the, the children are taught the same way. This, uh, this, uh, what is it? The, uh, the Prussian, Prussian model, right? So, um, I, I think it's, it, it's good to, to learn that, that comparison is, is a strong way to influence people. Um, especially when you're comparing to something that someone has a very negative viewpoint of like being a Nazi being like, well, they use the same way to indoctrinate their, uh, their children and use the same media tactics to, uh, propaganda, propagandize their citizens as they're being used here. And here's some examples of it. Yeah, and I'm I'm sharing my screen now just to give the audience an example, and I'll just take them quickly. Well, let through me the let book. me put that up and see. It's not showing. There we go. So so this is the first part of the book, and the first part is as I mentioned, it's tw- it's the playbook. It's twenty plus techniques used by intergenerational organized crime to create the culture of slavery or tax slavery, and how it manifested in each time and place. And in the in the black box is the explanation of the technique. And so then it's what it looked like in each of those, uh, those regimes so that you can see it's a playbook. And so just to kind of take you through the playbook real quick, you know, every, we're going to give the population a flag uh, and we're going to build religiosity around that with the media. We're going to give them a uh, quote unquote social contract that nobody signed but everybody is to be a, expected to be a party of. Uh, we're going to uh, put them in mandatory government schools running the Prussian model of education whose, uh, uh, whose authors were very, very open about their, you know, their, uh, their plan to indoctrinate and raise people in the ideology of the state, mostly so they can get them to conscript and fight in, in wars after Prussia uh, uh, was began losing on the battlefield of uh, of Europe, um, they all have youth programs. So, so the government school system produces the you know the uh, uh, the religious you know kind of the religious zealot, the basic you know like willing to you know uh, tithe a portion of his income to the state. But then there's kind of another, you know, uh, layer of uh, conditioning to produce what are known as order followers. And mm-hmm. order followers are willing to kind of, you know, shave their head, put on the uniform, single form conformity and use violence, either, you know, murdering people abroad in wars of occupation based on lies and manufactured intelligence or domestically, uh, you know, uh, uh, enforce the 
commandments of the artificially indoctrinated religion on their neighbors and use violence on peaceful people to, uh, you know, either for, you know, to engineer society, uh, you know, uh, you know, victimless crimes around drug, you know, drugs or prostitution or whatever it is, or to raise revenue on their neighbors with, you know, with, you know, accidentless speeding tickets or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the scam of the day is. And so that youth program is kind of the first stop where now we're going to have flag worship. Now we're going to have pride of uniform. We're going to start teaching them obedience to hierarchical command and control over their conscience and basic morality. And ultimately we're going to produce these, you know, these order followers. Uh, then the youth program gets kind of creepy. Now we're going to teach the kids how to kill. So as they get older, it's the Explorer program and the Boy Scouts. It's JROTC. It's Young Marines. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to put them into the, the, you know, again, the uniform, shave their heads, segment them away from the rest of society onto, you know, military bases where we're going to begin teaching them, you know, how to kill, how to use guns. And uh, it is, once you understand how it is, it is super duper creepy. A lot of people don't know that this is going on. Because they don't do it in affluent communities, they tend to do it in poor communities where the kids don't have a lot of options. Uh, all of these, uh, all of these regimes have forced uh, pledges and oaths on the kids. Um, you know, we mentioned the military and police are artificially glorified and celebrated. That flag worship that we were talking about earlier—that's artificial. The government is paying for that. And anytime you see a you know a hypertext link in the book, you can click through and see the the research uh, or the scholarship behind the claim. But a couple of years ago, it was fifty three million dollars a year, and that artificially, the fact that they've got to pay for it, that's one of the reason. That's one of the ways that you know that it's artificial and that it's you know it's just it's like it's like selling soap flakes. Soap flakes. Um, they all use political rallies. Uh, the the uh, the participants frequently engage in politician worship of the artificially created political leader savior. Not understanding that organized crime is leveraging knowledge of human psychology to exploit most, but not all humans' biological desire for a leader or a father figure. And uh, they all use propaganda. Uh, here's another hypertext link that I recommend: CIA, DOD direct involvement in 800 plus major movies, 1000 plus television shows. Uh, th this is why the government is always the hero. This is why, whether it's the CIA agent saving the world, Tom Cruise, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, FBI, uh, DEA, ATF, president of the United States saving the planet from invading aliens in a fighter jet. The government is always the hero. Still and, a great movie, though. E even with the propaganda, still a great movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, like if you if you want to be entertained. By the way, we you know we talked about Gubernari Mente being you know Gubernari to govern or control Mente the mind. The root word of government is you know to govern the mind. Uh, the etymology of entertainment is entertainmente. So enter means to entertain means to hold or possess. And mente is the mind. So entertainment means to enter your mind and hold it and possess it. 
long enough to show you a commercial or to distract you away from information that may free you. And so you have to be very, very, you know, careful about the entertainment that you participate in. Uh, but they all use manufactured news, overt or surreptitious control of publishers, editors, and reporters. Uh, they all use manufactured terrorism. They all use false flag events, manufactured intelligence and lies to start war. They all use political assassination. They all have political temples dedicated to the state and its deities. They all have use monopoly government fiat money to steal value secretly from the population. They all spy on the citizenry, which is how you know they're good people. They all use torturous policy, which is how you know they're good people. They all run secret prisons, for-profit prisons, concentration camps, and black sites, which is how you know they're good people. And the conscription, manufactured enemies, paid political violence, that is the kind of the first part of the book. That's the, you know, the playbook, the basics of the playbook. And you can, you know, that is just designed so that you can see that the, you know, that the United States is running the exact same playbook as the Nazis, the Soviets, and the East Germans. And then we get into the middle of the book and we've got these, uh, we've got these called one pagers. And here's another example that, you know, many people haven't realized because they come by one at a time that the media is using religious symbolism in their propaganda until you stack up three dozen examples. And then the brain is like, oh, my God, I never realized that that was going. I never realized they were doing that because they came by one at a time. But because human beings are really, really good pattern recognition machines, once you show them the pattern, they're like, that's a pattern. They're running game on me. Mm -hmm. That's artificial. They're doing that on purpose. And then you would be surprised at how many people get really, really upset, you know, when they realize, hey, they're doing that on purpose. They're running game on me. And so then they start thinking about it. I break down the religious, religious statism. Uh, I break down the shady history of the Constitution. I break down the shady history of the Pledge of Allegiance. I break down public uh, government school indoctrination. I break down, you know, uh, the private Federal Reserve and the theft of fractional reserve banking. Um, I break down the pop propaganda matrix. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Now, this is just one quarter of a, like a media ownership chart. And if you click on it, you know, you can pop it up and you can see, you know, the entire chart. But in essence... What you've got is you've got these six companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different uh, information sources in society. And uh, this is News Corp. News Corp does just own Fox News. That's power. That's powerful right there. That visual. I mean, you yeah. can see that. I mean, right, right in front of your face. Right in front of your face. And they own 175 newspapers and they own magazines and they own internet properties and they own book publishing companies and they own television programming and they own satellite networks and they own television distribution. And right next to them is Dis. I couldn't get the whole chart on there, but if you click through, you can see kind of like the, you know, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the, uh, the chart, but this is how, they're able to control the information society, you know, receives and every single channel. Disney is ABC. 
And so every single channel, it's government is legitimate, government is legitimate, government is legitimate. And most people, because they went to the mandatory government school or they went to a private school that had to be accredited, they were, they were force fed the, you know, the idea that government is legitimate before they're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of that claim. And so then they've just never thought about it again because they were it was slipped to them when they were young and impressionable. And so they've always, you know, they've never really questioned it because it was given to them so early. And once you get give something to somebody so early, uh, it almost becomes, you know, like an instinct and they're just, you know, they're just they just never thought about it. Quick, quick question on that, just just to hold on that for a minute there, because I'm, I'm wanting to get your opinion on this. It's something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, you were talking about at the beginning how you know, Ron Paul kind of brought you to Liberty back in 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, my story, similar. Mine was a, a little bit later in uh, 2000, I guess, seven, when, when, he, uh, when he ran for president as a Republican the first time, but running for president the second time. Mm-hmm. And I, I always told people that, you know, uh, Ron Paul... Uh, he he shook me awake from my neoconservative coma. I was a you know big Republican, George W. Bush supporter, all that stuff. But really, in in hindsight, and my colleague here at Lions of Liberty kind of brought this to my attention in, in his own journey, that it wasn't really that uh, you know you learned these new ideas and then sort of like totally adopted the ideas. They were kind of already in in us um, that, that we because it's it's the truth. And I don't know. I don't think everyone's this way, but uh, you know, talk about the the remnant. Um, I think there's people out there that you know that they have they have liberty. Maybe it's the way they're raised. Maybe some of it's just biological, um, or I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of it's unexplainable. But when you hear someone speaking those ideas, that a lot of them you've been thinking already, um, it kind of just it, it's natural. So it wasn't really that. Ron Paul woke me up. It was just Ron Paul validated what I some, the things I'd been thinking, and I finally heard someone else articulate it. I, I agree with that. I, so I think there was definitely some of that. You know, I like um, like I said, I you know I described him as as you know the only politician that I'd ever heard that made any sense. Mm-hmm. And so like none of it had made sense to me. You know that like you know like government, you know seemed kind of like a scam and seemed seedy and. And, you know, I, you know, I was familiar at that time, I think with, uh, you know, um, Mark Twain's quote that, you know, Congress is the only, uh, you know, criminal, like, I forgot exactly wording, but a criminal class. And, and so I'd already known that DC was, was shady and criminal. And so like, uh, Ron Paul gave me the alternative of liberty. And then once you realize you don't need government, that, that everything that government could be done could be done by the free market or mutual aid societies or nonprofits or real charities, like once you realize that we don't need government, that really is, you know, one of the keys that unlocks the mental chains that, you know, that, that have bound the population to, to government. The other thing is, is that, you know, that government is, um, uh, menacing the population with invented enemies. And so like, I don't think that the real, uh, that we're really at war with China and Russia. I think it's the United States. It's not, you know, I think it's the people, the people of the United States versus the government of the United States, the people of Russia mm-hmm. versus the government of Russia, the people of China versus the government of China and the government's 
are playing uh, the people against each other, against the governments to try and menace them so that they clamor for the security of the state to protect them from these imaginary enemies. I think they're all in it on the top. I think every single one of these governments uh, at the at the top of the food chain knows that they're robbing the population, that it's a game, that these are ancient techniques, that they're running game on them. Um, and so, so it really is the population of the planet waking up to the fact that, that government has been used to rob and control them. And, uh, I think that that, like once one country gets free of that and we're able to prove that you don't need government, that, 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 that idea is going to spread like wildfire to the other governments. And you're going to see all these governments fall and collapse, uh, I think it's, you know, I, I think we're right there. I think we're so close. I think we're just so close to, uh, to this, to, to understanding how the, how the scam is, is portrayed. My goal is I hope I'm the one that I'm, hope I'm the, the straw that breaks the camel's back and, uh, and, you know, and, and, and widely exposes the illegitimacy and the criminality of government in a way that most people can understand in a book that you can leave at somebody's door and that's the other thing we're doing is how do you win the whole thing? And so in New Hampshire, we're trying to get something started called the pre-state project where to get around the algorithmic censorship of the internet, to get around the, the, uh, the uh, monopolization of the media, the only way to do it is kind of a brute force attack. Let's go door to door. Let's drop 100,000 books, 100,000 flash drives, 100,000 documentaries. You can do that for about a million bucks. And for a million bucks, you could drop 100,000 of these packages and drive people to 36 in-person town hall meetings in 12 communities in New Hampshire. And, uh, and for reasons I break down in the book, I think New Hampshire is the, the, uh, the easiest state to achieve this, you know, to, to, uh, to widely expose the illegitimacy of government because of the work of the free state project, because they've only got 1.3 million people because it's a small state that's easy to canvas and, and, and hold these town hall meetings in. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but we want to get around the, this algorithmic censorship and this monopolization of the media. We're just going to go door to door. We're just going to just drop it off, explain it to people, drive them to town hall meetings, answer all their questions uh, arm them up with more packages for their friends and their family and their neighbors. And I think if we can widely expose it in one state and either engineer a political secession from the federal government or uh, engineer enough civil disobedience where there's enough people that understand how the scam works, that they just don't go along with it. And yeah. that the order, the order followers lose their lose their, uh, you know, lose their power. And what I mean by that is, you know, when the police come out right now, the majority of the population think it's legitimate. Imagine if the police show, show up and people are laughing at them because they understand the, the, you know, the game that has been, how, the, how these cops and the, have been chumped, literally chumped. They made you shave your head. They put you in a costume. You're, you're, they got you to use violence on peaceful people, you're a chump, man. Like, like, you know, and, and they get laughed at. That's how we win. We win when the state, when people under, when enough people in the state understand how the, the game works and how the scam works, 
that they just laugh and don't go along with it. And uh, I mean, that's, that's to me, that's how we're going to win. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I especially like how you talk about sort of a, a two pronged approach and just talking about the police for a minute. I think some police in places like, uh, you know, these big blue cities in Chicago, New York City, where you're seeing these vaccine mandates and <laughs> a lot of the police are not going along with it and they're losing their jobs as well as healthcare workers and whatnot are in the same boat. I'm starting to, to, to wake up to that. But I this is something I, I think a lot of libertarians with, with uh, the COVID regime and things that have, have come about here with people losing their jobs due to vaccine mandates and uh, mask mandates, businesses being shut down, entrepreneurs losing their, you know, their lifetime of creating a business, starting to understand that we got to figure out a way to counteract this, a way to get outside of this system. And I agree with you. It is is it definitely a two-pronged approach that's needed. We need that community, that local community, so we can rely on each other, so we can help each other out. If, you know, we do get de- deplatformed or we do lose our ability to uh, to do banking. And then you start to bring in, you know, your, uh, your cryptocurrency and, and your decentralized finance. We're able to work around uh, some of those things and create a society outside of this, uh, you know, government-sanctioned uh, fiat uh, currency that we have. So it's 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 crazy the time we're in right now, but I agree with you. I, I think we're I think we're closer than people realize, and I think we we are getting closer and closer, partially because of the government's actions, which which are nudging people even closer, just sort of uh, just as a, a blowback, as Ron Paul would say, to their uh, to their actions. Yeah, I, my understanding is that homeschooling has tripled in the past year. And so we're taking more and more kids out of these government indoctrination centers. And, uh, and I agree that community is 100% of it. We need a redoubt. We need a, we need a libertarian redoubt where we can be safe from government, where the order followers have no authority. None of us is safe as long as there are shave headed cult members willing to use violence on peaceful people to you know, to for to uh, enforce the uh, commandments of this artificially indoctrinated pseudo religion of the state, mm-hmm. and none of us is safe until we've got a place that we can go on the you know on the planet where order followers have no power because they get laughed at and they're recognized as the chumps that they are, and so that is like to me that is job number one. Um, if you want freedom in California, let's free New Hampshire. If you want freedom in the UK, let's free New Hampshire. You want freedom in Australia, let's free New Hampshire first. We can win everywhere, but we've got to win somewhere first. We've got to prove that liberty works, that the free market and capital creation and spontaneous order and the invisible hand can produce you know, way more wealth than can pr- be produced under... Uh, this, you know, government system of taxation, confiscatory taxation and uh, uh, monopoly privileges and, you know, economic inefficiency and ridiculous, you know, regulatory burden and all, you know, everything that comes with government. Um, I think that once one place on the planet breaks free and shows that you can get by without government, it's all over. So let's free one place and let's make that a laboratory of liberty and let's use that example for other, you know, U.S. states and countries to begin to devolve 
their themselves away from their federal governments down to state governments, then local governments, then no government. But there's got to be a template. There's got to be somebody that goes first. Um, I think we make the case in government, the biggest scam in history exposed, why it should be, it could be New Hampshire. And so once we win in one place, uh, I think you're going to see it spread, you know, like wildfire around the world. Yeah, we, we were talking uh, talking pre-show, and, and I said, you know, New Hampshire's a little cold, but maybe I could make a deal. We could come to a compromise. It could be New Hampshire in the summer, Florida in the winter, or, or something like that, where we can uh, we, we can make it work out. But I 100% agree with you that that community is so important. And when people, if people or when people do get deplatformed, lose their job, um, you're going to need neighbors to uh, like-minded neighbors to uh, to rely on to uh, to come together in community to to help you out and to help to help help each other out. So, um, I think it's something people should look into. I don't know. I mean, you're you're promoting New Hampshire, and I'm all for people promoting New Hampshire. Um, all for people promoting different um, d- different kinds of uh, solutions as well. I know there's people doing similar things in other states. A lot of people have moved to Florida, um, but uh, I, I have a lot of faith in the Liberty community um, to use. You know, we're using decentralization here, a decentralized model to sort of figure out the, the best way forward. So before I let you go, if you could tell everyone where they can find your book, how they can, uh, how they can order it and, and all the, and all the formats there are and uh, anything else that you're working on or anything else that you, that you want to plug. Well, so the, the, the book is Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, and that's at government-scam.com. Uh, my my uh, startup public policy uh, organization is called the Art of Liberty Foundation, and that's artofliberty.org. And you can see, you can actually download you know, the executive summary of our plan to free New Hampshire uh, at artofliberty.org. And then the final thing that I would I would I would just wanted to let your your listeners know about is that this book is going viral. And so in the past six months, we've sold three thousand plus copies to twenty plus countries. And uh, not only are, are we selling you know uh, like a ton of books, but we're also people are buying them in bulk. We have what we call friends bundles for five to ten copies, and we get reports almost every single week of people putting them in, donating to libraries, putting them in little mini libraries and kind of neighborhoods, uh, uh, making them coffee table books in Airbnbs, putting them into laundromats, putting them, uh, you know, uh, into cafes. And so, uh, so um, out of the 3,000 books, we've had over 115 people buy over 900 copies just, you know, in these in, in bulk. And so it's true, true viral growth. And so if you're interested in ex- helping us accelerate that, uh, take a look at, you know, artofliberty.org. But you can download the book, uh, a preview copy of the book for free at government-scam.com. And you can also see all of the content in our Liberator. You can actually download the entire, you know, the content of our, of our Liberator flash drive and, uh, and you can get that at uh, government-scam.com forward slash liberator. And you, this, is, this is what is being uh, censored off the internet. This is w- what is being de-indexed by the search engines. Now you can put it in your, in your wallet 
and you can, you know, your, your friend's house while y'all are sitting there talking, you can, you can be downloading the entire thing and then you can go on to the next thing. There is no way to stop the information revolution. Uh, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to get rid of it. We are going to win this thing. Uh, government-scam.com or artofliberty.org. Well, that is awesome. Thank you for coming on the show, Etienne de la Boite Squared. And I will say that I think this would be a great Christmas gift if you celebrate Christmas or if you have some birthdays coming up to uh, to gift to some friends, either liberty-minded or otherwise, to uh, to share with others. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys enjoyed another great interview, another great conversation here on Finding Freedom. Today's episode brought to you by uh, the good people, Nate and Charlie at Good Morning Liberty, and their five-day-per-week show where they dive into current events and uh, give you a, uh, a sane take, a nice filter on the, on the news and political landscape uh, to help you to navigate uh, these turbulent times. Of course, you can subscribe to Good Morning Liberty wherever you get your podcasts. So do that today. And also brought to you by Tyler Colford, also known as Crypto Man. Uh, Tyler is a rapper. And uh, of course, you've probably heard his songs here on this show. Tyler's been a longtime supporter of us here at Lions of Liberty. And I want to uh, encourage you all to go and find his work on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, under Crypto Man, YouTube as well. Check him out, listen to his music, share his music, and thank you, Tyler, for the support. Guys, if you like what you're hearing here at Lines of Liberty, if you like these shows and uh, you don't want to miss them, I mean, like, I know, like, when I get into a podcast, there's only, there's a few podcasts that I, I don't miss an episode, but there's a lot more podcasts where I subscribe and I mit- listen to most episodes. So, with Lines of Liberty, like a lot of podcasts, but especially Lines of Liberty, because of the nature of our shows, our variety show format, and we're always bringing on different guests, uh, different interesting characters, you want to subscribe because you don't want to miss a show. You might miss an episode with someone that you really wanted to hear, and because you're not checking the feed, it's not coming to your phone, um, you're going to miss it when it's dropped. You're going to miss out being in on that initial conversation, uh, maybe happening in the Lions of Liberty Forum, which you can find on Facebook, or maybe happening in our uh, Lions Pride, our private Facebook group, or maybe over on um, Locals, which you can join, uh, become a patron there, uh, lionsofliberty.locals.com. Or if you're a, a patron fan, uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash lionsofliberty and join up there. You know, we have a bunch of different levels you can join at, get access to the show, you can sponsor shows. You can even produce shows at a certain level. Of course, all the merchandise, all that stuff, you get that at certain levels too. Or if you just want to buy our t-shirts, we got some great designs. Check them out, lionsofliberty.store. Guys, it's been a great show. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I will see you all next week. In the meantime, remember to keep your head up and the fire is liberty burning.